Hi, this is Jory. And this is Amy. And this is the Don't Tell Me What To Do podcast. (laughs) Y'all, we are on episode six. This is crazy. We have had such a great response from the podcast um, since we started from people writing in, people texting us saying this is something that actually is a great conversation to have and they're, they're engaged in the whole conversation. So thank you to all of you who are listening. We are so delighted that you're here. You know, everyone has those moments, you know, that the, the moments that have changed their life in maybe big or small ways. And they've also had advice that you almost followed, but you didn't. And then life happened. And so what we want to do is, we always hear about the after, but we want to hear about the middle. We want to hear about how people are processing, how they figure out what to go for, how they figure out what to do. So that is what, again, the Don't Tell Me What To Do podcast is all about. And today I'm here even with laryngitis. I call this my smoker, <laughs> smoker Sally voice. It's so sexy. <laughs> um, but I had a pretty shitty week. Um, I even had a panic attack at work today and was just thinking about what brings me joy and these conversations do. So I'm really excited to still do this tonight, even with this voice. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're glad you're here. Um, and I'm so excited to introduce Kristen Hamilton, who is my old boss and a good friend. <laughs> And um, we work together at Koru, and she's a multi-time CEO. She's not quite sure what she's doing next, which is what we really want to dig in today. But my favorite thing about Kristen is that she is so intentional about culture and through failures and successes has seen that that's the most important thing in building a company. And I saw that when I was at Koru, and now she's um, giving some of those gifts to other founders and how they build their companies. So I hope we dig into that a little bit today. But right now we wanted to dig, dig into how you're being really intentional about this next stage of your life and not just jumping into a new company, not founding a new company, but finding what's right. So I'd love to start with just um, the first day after you sold Koru where we worked together and you woke up the next day and you were no longer the CEO. How did that feel? Like what emotions were you feeling? Well, thanks first of all for having me. It's oh. really, really fun to be here with the two of you. I have really enjoyed this podcast myself and it's really helped me to reflect a little back on a lot of things uh, related to that messy middle, which yeah. I feel like is most of one's life. Preach. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So speaking of which, you know, it's, it's, I think to answer your question, the the journey to start and grow and build and run a company with the various pieces around customers and employees and board members and investors kind of sometimes feeling like it's a lot of pressure is, you know, I think a combination of joy and agony and lots of other things in between. So... But here we're here to talk about the post the post time because it's been really interesting and unexpected. And so the, the 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 day after you asked specifically, I think the first thing that I actually felt was a sense of relief mm-hmm. and and really feeling like that pressure from those places of, you know, sometimes feeling there was a vice grip that I was in the middle of mm-hmm. um, had been relieved. Despite the fact that I loved a lot about it, it was the primary emotion that I felt was just relief to not have um, the impossible task that it feels like to run a company in front of me mm-hmm. for a while. Yeah. And that was still recent. So that was only back in November. 
Yes, it was back in November. Yeah. So it's been, you know, it's been a really interesting time actually since then because it's, it's, I've actually taken the winter uh, to really spend time reflecting mm -hmm. and to try to, I, the words I have put it in are, I have really been working on resetting my nervous system. And I didn't realize how, like, I didn't realize how stressed out I was and how hard it was and how invested I was and what I had compromised and sacrificed while I was in that, in that role, actually. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I, I think that there's this block of time between November and where we are now, which is April, that has been really healing for me and also allowed me to do some reflection. Um, so that's been good. Yeah. Oh, can yeah. we unpack a little bit about that resetting the nervous system? Because for those of us, or you're listening, so you didn't see my face, but I automatically let up because that totally resonated. What did that look like for you? What what was what was about that right that that looked like really a reset? Yeah. Well, I'll describe the the deal closed where the the wire hit our account for the sale on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. So I was actually planning. You know, we the deal otherwise was closed, but the money wasn't in the bank and I never like to believe anything's done till the money's in the bank. <laughs> True. So I was actually up in Whistler and some friends were about to join me but I was there solo sitting in a house up in Whistler and um, it happened and I had literally it was so stressful and hard to go through the process of sale of a company. I had my face in my laptop for months and it literally when the money hit the bank account and I saw it I thought okay I can close my laptop and I looked up in that actual moment and thought, wow, <sighs> what do I do now? And it part of me thought I would just be able to relax because... You're in your favorite place in the world. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I love skiing is my favorite thing to do. Uh, and the mountains are really my oasis, my, my healing place, my magic place. And I really thought, okay, so now I can turn the page and I will be able to relax. And... Uh, friends arrived and the weekend occurred and I realized that I was interrupting people, hyperactive in my brain, doing the opposite of relaxing. Mm. And I had a friend up with me who knows me well, even though I haven't known him for a long time, but we've been through a really interesting kind of program and learning development program together. And, and he said to me, you know, words that we have as common language, which was just like, you are kind of you are jumping, you are jumping over the net, which is a very specific meaning to it, which is you're, you're kind of coming across to assuming what I'm thinking and not just being. And it was super helpful to have him say that, but it made me stop it, it dead in my tracks and realize just how overactive my mind was and overactive a lot of things were. Mm. And because of the camaraderie I've had with other founders, I've started to recognize how hard it is on us to do this job. And so... I thought, okay, I have some space to create for myself and I have some active work to do to really do that resetting. And I felt it in my body. I felt it in my brain. It felt like my brain was buzzing. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just a matter of being totally plugged in, totally switched on, totally focused all the time. And also the added pressure of expectations around that. Um, so yeah, I think that the journey since then has been to try to reset that. And I've, I've done some pretty intentional things and then I've done some sort of just giving myself blank space also. Yeah. How uncomfortable was that blank space? 
and then at the first part of it. Has it become easier for you over time? Amy, that's such a good question. I think the blank space gave me complete panic at first. For someone who is a achiever, and unlike one of your previous guests, I am hustle. I am not (laughs) anti-hustle. I mean, I love that word when uh, I heard it because I at first bristled at it because, you know, my generation doesn't even get that. That's like saying lazy, right? And we are afraid of lazy and anti-lazy. However, it did make me realize that actually I need to learn to be anti-hustle. Um, despite how uncomfortable that is. And so to allow myself to have space and give myself permission to actually do what I felt was made me feel good. Uh, and sometimes that was going on the mountain and skiing by myself all day or with friends. Sometimes it was going to the Scandinav spa up in Whistler, which is this oasis of outdoor, you know, pot and cold pools and steam rooms and you know, to really just give myself some care mm. um, was hard, you know. And I, I ended up texting that friend of mine who was there at the beginning um, when he said, well, you, you know, you know, in other words, you, you need to relax. <laughs> um, we said it much nicer than that. Um, and, I, and, I, and I texted him uh, when I was, a picture of me walking into this, this beautiful oasis of a spot from the outside. And I said, I'm... I'm going to this place and self-love is fucking hard. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so true. It's so true. But when you, when you have been in that, in that hustle, right. And with the added expectations, the added pressure, I can only imagine that's a huge, that's a bit of a a shift, right? It's It's a really big turn in that moment because it was pretty jarring. And there's some really clear definitions of time, right. For you, it was like, okay, the, the money hit the bank. And now what? And now where do I go? And now, and that's hard to shift really quickly. You can't expect that. Well, and I know you've ran multiple companies, so Koru wasn't the only one, but how much of your identity was wrapped up into this particular company? You know, I think I cared a lot about the team. So my identity was, was wrapped up in being, you know, part of that team. Uh, my identity was wrapped up in being a CEO and a tech founder, and more so than specifically being um, you know, it being Koru per se. And so what's been really interesting in the interim is, you know, when I have been around peers and other tech industry people and not, you know, running away into the mountains, the question comes up a lot. What are you doing next? Mm. And that is a hard time, makes me feel very vulnerable because that's when I think I have to have an answer. You know, Mm. I should have an answer because the definition of me is tied to uh, achieving and the pinnacle of that achievement for me has been being the CEO of of tech companies. And what do you say? Well, you know, and this is the theme of the podcast, which now I really have wrapped my head around, is I think that, you know, my don't tell me what to do moment that resonates the most with me is actually happening right now. You know, so it's it's not that people are telling me what to do, but in that question is an assertion and an expectation uh, that it's who I am and that I in order to maintain my identity and my position somehow, it feels to me that 
it's I've got to start another company. And, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what I want to do next. And, you know, I'm 48 years old, and people look at my resume and think, oh, you know, linear, straight, you know, straightforward, and she's crushed it or whatever. But it's, it's of course, not true on, on the inside necessarily. And I have a lot of things I might want to do. So what I say is I usually try to deflect or um, say I don't know. But it's, I don't have my pat answer yet. I really don't. And it's, it at first was made me really uncomfortable so much so that I really just wasn't around that community for a period of time. And now I'm kind of starting to think through it, but I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to just start another company because my ego or my internal drive is activated by that question. Yeah. Mm. So what would make you want to start another company? If you if that was the route you wanted to take. Yeah, I mean, the the times that I have, it's been because there's been a problem that I get really passionate about. Mm. And the first time the problem was just simply, oh, it's more of like an opportunity in the space. People need to buy things online. And, you know, I co-founded that company that was an e-commerce business. And the second time, it was really about impact on the world uh, of one sort or another. And at this stage in my life, it'll be that again. It's just that I don't necessarily think that it has to be, the mechanism has to be starting a company to execute on that sort of solving of that problem necessarily. But I'm also really spent a lot of time since Carew was sold on understanding my value, mm -hmm. you know, and getting really clear on my value. Um, and that's really helped me in a lot of ways. I think as women, we tend to not really uh, own our power, own our value, and then stand up for ourselves when people assume something other than that. Absolutely. Or they've, I've seen this too, both with women I've mentored or even myself, where they assign a value to you that you're like, whoa, 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 that's actually not a value that I, that I see in myself, right? That's not what, where I see my value add to be for this team or this company or this life or this, you know, or my relationships, right? So how did you start defining your value? Like, where did you begin there? Yeah, this is going to sound... Maybe uh, surprising, but I started with how it made me, how I felt, awesome. how how I feel when I'm doing something um, that feels good, and it's for me, it's not about recognition or rewards or um, being complimented. It's a flow feeling that I have, where I'm being really in my authenticity, and where I it's a combination of capability, you know, whereas I do know what I'm talking about, and uh, authenticity. And for me, that authenticity has a lot to do with saying, I don't know, like being vulnerable. Yeah. Or just, you know, being comfortable with the uncertainty. Um, so it's, it's really, it's really fun to do that. And I think the other piece is just doing things I really do care about. Um, and so Jory started with saying that, you know, she appreciated the, the culture at Kuru and how intentional we were in building it and she was part of that right because mm -hmm. it's a we um, experience and 
I realized that though that's sort of a side element of building a business in some ways, that for me, it's the piece I got the most joy from, was actually creating, creating an organization that was healthy, you know, like a healthy organism. Uh, and believing just like with your body, when you're healthy, you're high performing. Mm -hmm. And so this is sort of where I've kind of started to zone in on, on my value. Um, and it feels valuable to me, right? It's hard to know if it's valuable out in the world mm -hmm. necessarily. Um, but you I have to start there. Yeah, I have to. I guess so, right? I mean, Oprah I would that's... agree. Yeah. <laughs> she, I've Oprah. been listening to her podcast lately, and she said, you need when you're not in flow, you're not in alignment, mm -hmm. and you're not going to offer Absolutely. the best thing that you can offer mm -hmm. the world. Yeah, and I mean, Oprah knows everything. She does. So if she Oprah is. says go for it, go for it. <laughs> no, yeah. I think it's valuable because, honestly, we see a lot of companies, whether they're early in their tenure, late in their tenure, it just... It can be at any stage, but there are a lot of companies who forget the culture piece. They forget their why, and they forget their value. And um, if that is what lights you up, go for it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, thanks. I, I agree with you that there's there's sort of like the the. I mean, it is so important to start from, from that. I've realized that through the back door, right? Mm. I just sort of realized that almost from a place of necessity, where I thought, oh my god, I'm actually so burnt out. I felt like I was fatigued in so many ways. And I, I thought, okay, how do, how do I find joy? Where's the joy? And, and that is where it felt it came from. And as I have a ton of friends who are CEOs of companies, and you know, some of them, everyone has blind spots, but some of them, many people I think have the blind spot for this thing. And much like I have blind spots for other things. And it's actually, I think, becoming more and more clear to the world and the people who work in those companies and the people who invest in those companies and any companies and, and, and then the people who run those companies as well, that this is not something that a leader can ignore, put off, delay, you know, not you know, skip because, because, because people won't work for you if you no. have a toxic culture. And you won't scale. You won't yeah. scale. Yeah. You won't succeed. And if you're more concerned with that bottom line, you've you failed at that point if you don't have the people to lift you up. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think, like, there are a few of my peers who have said, hey, help me out because, I mean, I've had this recognition that I've started a few companies and I've gotten sort of to this place and I've sort of stopped there a couple of times and I feel a little stuck. And I have realized that that unless I get good at building a healthy organization and the people piece, the culture piece, that I won't get past that hurdle. And when this person said that to me, I was like, wow, I really want to work with you. Like that, you feel like somebody who is in a place of openness. And it made me feel really motivated uh, to help and to engage. Um, and because I'm a peer, that I don't, I'm not intimidated by the role that they're in, right? I feel very much like I can empathize with what they're doing. I understand how complicated their job is, and I also can put myself in their shoes with the business. So it's mm -hmm. it's been so it's been an interesting thing I've fallen into for now, I guess. Yeah. Well, and you have two 
daughters who are not so young. I mean, they're very intelligent and in high school or middle school right now. How has this affected your relationship with them and them watching you navigate this process and being vulnerable? Yeah, it's actually been really funny because I'm pretty transparent with my kids. So they knew what was going on and they knew the company got sold. And um, at first they they said, like, so what are you going to do now, mom? And I said, I think I'm going to focus on being a great mom to you. And my youngest daughter, who's 13, she said, whoa, like, does that mean you're going to pick us up from school? (laughs) (laughs) That was her number one question. Um, Yeah. I mean, you know, that was definitely something that has been sacrificed, has been my kids have sacrificed. Mm -hmm. And I struggle a little bit with this because a lot of people have told me that, hey, it's great that you have become such a good role model for your daughters and they must they have a strong mom who's going to show them how great it is to be strong and you know they'll be able to be strong women comfortably themselves and I think sometimes that yeah that's you know intellectually true and theoretically true but really at the end of the day kids don't probably just feel like they're not getting the time with you and so I checked in with them about that and my older daughter who's 15 said Actually, no, Mom, I get it. You're, I, I appreciate that you are strong and that you are CEO of a company, and I, I get that. And I'm, so that was, that was rewarding. But the other thing that was really funny is um, I've been um, you know, at the Cloud Room as a member going in and telling them that I'm working from the Cloud Room, and, and, and they didn't think I had a job, really. So they were like, well, what kind of work? By work, you mean what? <laughs> so they were a little <laughs> confused about the whole thing. Um, you know, but uh, they are a primary reason why I want to reset my nervous system, as I said, because I don't think I've been my best self as a parent when I'm in that state of non-presence. You know, not being present, I think, was a real um, collateral sort of outcome of having been so, you know, wired in for so yeah. long. And yeah. one year from now... Whatever you end up doing, what advice would you want for you to take from this time and make sure that you never leave that? You mean what advice would, would I give? Should I give myself? Yeah, one year from now of like, don't uh, forget that. Yeah, that's a good question. You aligned on these priorities, or yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think the biggest thing is to to really just live in now live in now and be really present. I have a I have a sticky note on my mirror in my bathroom that just says pause. You know, because I live in tomorrow in my achievement that I don't have yet in my future and it has really in many cases made me quite miserable. You know, and 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 it's a challenging time in the world right now, right? And oh, yeah. And I have kids, and I think about the environment every day, and I, I think about, you know, the physical environment of the world and also yeah. this, like, the political environment of our world right now, and it's a really, really hard time. And if I start thinking about the future too much, I get really dark. Mm. Um, and so I don't want to bury my head in the sand either. So to be, to be living in my authentic self in the moment is where I'm working towards. I am not there all the way by any means. 
but that's I'm so much better than I than I was. Mm. Yeah. That is I that resonates with me. Um Jory, I know we've had we've had many conversations about what that even looks like, living in the now, living your present moment, living in authenticity, living in your values. Um and I think it's just fantastic that you're navigating this kind of uncharted water in a sense to really just dig in and say, okay, what's next? We're going to take it one step at a time. Well, and also there might not be an end goal. You might find different board positions, roles, um, people that you want to connect with. It's, it's not that you necessarily need to just jump right into a new role at some point. What could be the most interesting of all is not doing that. Right. Yeah. And it's funny because like, (laughs) I had this panic moment at one point where I've heard Hollywood people have this too a lot. I, I've heard from them directly in cases that they don't think they'll ever get another job after every movie. And I had this moment of like, I don't know if I'm hireable. Like, <laughs> what, 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 what am I ever going to get hired for? Because I would, do, you know, every single thing I've done has been new, it feels like. And so because I'm constantly learning and constantly trying to climb the next mountain. And I think that was one of the reasons I really needed to focus on that value to say, okay, what is it that's the intrinsic value that I really feel and then can bring? Because it's not for me like, oh, I'm, you know, a great growth marketer person or I'm a really good, you know, you know, enterprise sales is the thing I've always done my whole career. And so... Um, you always ask me, what are you the best in the world at? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's, that's a question I had to ask myself. Right. And it's it's true when you're starting a company, like, what can you be best in the world at? And it's it's like that superpower. And I I hadn't done enough reflecting to really get clear on it. And so I'm getting there and I, I feel really empowered more than I ever have. It, ironically, by having taken that pause, right, by mm-hmm. having taken this winter to really take the pressure off myself and to not feel like I was chasing something down a rabbit hole or something up a mountain or something around the, you know, it's just, I was just sort of chasing the snow down the mountain and yeah. doing a little work here and there. Yeah. And now you finally had the chance to pause and just be still mm-hmm. yeah. and figure it out and, and hit yeah. the reset button, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, I'm excited to watch the journey unfold over the next year, years, however long that looks like. And I want to have you back. Hmm, so that way fun. we take a look at, okay, so, you know, this was then and this is now and see, see where you, where you end up. And if there are any more, don't tell me what to do moments along the way, because in that journey there, there likely might be, or Who you knows? might be running support groups for ex-CEOs <laughs> <laughs> on how to press the reset button. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, that would be interesting too, because I feel right now like I'm uh, sort of, uh, figuratively on my heels not in a bad way just like I'm not leaning forward I'm sort of like sitting back a bit and it's uncomfortable in a lot of ways it really is it's uncomfortable because I'm not used to it and I've just when I get to that place of discomfort I just for the first time allow myself to just say to, I'm going to notice that this is uncomfortable and I'm going to allow myself to just sit here in this discomfort for a little while and see what happens. But it, it's also mean I, I've been pretty, not isolated, but I sort of haven't been as social. I've been sort of, you know, not connected with a lot of the 
technology ecosystem in Seattle, which I typically am very connected into it. And so it's going to be interesting to see what happens after this. It's a great, it's a great thought. Thank you. Well, and probably even better because you'll be able to then reflect in ways they won't be able to. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Well, thank you to the cloud room. This is the first time we're recording in an actual studio. So sounds so great. Yeah. If you like, (laughs) (laughs) but thank you so much for being with us and for having this discussion, a very vulnerable discussion in that, in that messy middle as you're experiencing it, but we're going to have you back. Don't you worry. Looking forward to it. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for all you're doing. This is such an amazing, thoughtful way to have conversations with people and draw out real stories. Mm -hmm. So I really appreciate it. Thank you.